Hello and welcome to episode 50, the big 5-0 of the Ego Chow podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski. And on today's episode, uh, we're actually recapping two weeks. Uh, we missed last week uh, because of the holiday and I was out of town and stuff. Uh, but we're back. We're here to talk about uh, the Call of Duty League's final two weeks of online play so no more online vanguard um, unless you're one of those lowly challengers players that has to go through the the qualifiers uh, but for the pros that they're finally done with online uh, play and now they just focus on uh, the final two events of the season um, and for some of these teams it will just be uh, their final event and that is the fourth call of duty league major which is coming up this week uh, in brooklyn in new york uh, but before we talk about any of that stuff, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing well. You know, like we said, we weren't here last week, so we got a little extra Call of Duty to talk about. But, um, you know, that never hurt anybody. And looking forward to this upcoming weekend and just the event this week and the impending end of the Vanguard season. Yeah, um, let's just hop right into it because we have so much to cover and I don't want to uh, harp too much on you know, the, the online stuff, because really what is important is how these teams perform at the major and how many points they pick up at the major. And then uh, if they do qualify, we can talk about champs as well, uh, because that's quickly approaching. And um, this is the most exciting part of the CDL season, as we've uh, seen with these most recent online qualifier matches. Um, you know, teams are actually taking it very seriously. Everything seems to mean more uh, because of how tight the standings are. Um, but to, to quickly recap the qualifying matches that we missed from last week's episode, um, you know, or the last week's, what would have been our last week's episode, uh, I'm just going to quickly go through the results of the matches that we missed. Uh, so Atlanta beat Toronto 3-0. Minnesota lost to London 3-1. Uh, Boston upset Seattle 3-1. Uh, those were on the Friday matches. Saturday, we had four matches. London 3-1 over Florida. Optic 3-1 over Paris. Uh, New York 3-1 over Seattle. And another 3-1 LAG beating the Atlanta phase. Um, and then on Sunday, the final three matches of that week were Boston 3-1 over LAG. Uh, LAT, um, they swept the Paris Legion, and the New York Subliners kept uh, their undefeated streak alive with a 3-1 win over Optic. Um, and then uh, do you want to roll through these results for uh, the week that we just got done with uh, the online results? Yes, sir. We just, uh, this past Friday, July 8th, we had London beating Atlanta 3-1. Kind of a surprise there, even though London had been playing well in the matches. Um, Florida beating Paris 3-2. Probably just a little surprising that it wasn't a 3-0 going up against Paris. But, you know, Paris had a decent turnaround this week. Um, then the last match on Friday was Minnesota 3-2 over Seattle. Uh, Seattle's recent struggles continued there. Then we had Saturday, July 9th, which started with Minnesota beating Paris 3-2, another close series for Paris that they end up losing. Um, Boston beat Toronto 3-2, Methods getting a little bit of revenge over his former team. Uh, Florida then beat LAT 3-2, so probably an upset in the eyes of a couple people. And uh, the big one, Atlanta versus Seattle, Atlanta wins 3-0, which... Might have been one of the first times Atlanta actually beat Seattle. Not 100% sure there, but I know Seattle's had their number this year. 
Um, and finally, the last three CDL online qualifier matches of the Vanguard season on Sunday, July 10th. We had LAG 3-2 London, um, Toronto 3-2 Optic. Those were both reverse sweeps. And uh, LAT 3-2 New York to close out the qualifiers for Major 4. Yeah, we kind of sucked on the predictions uh, over the past two weeks. Uh, this was actually the first time that we didn't hit 500 in our predictions. Uh, you were 8-12. and 12, I was 7-13. and 13. Uh, So you're five matches ahead. You're 93 and 71. I'm 88 and 76 on the season. Um, uh, The reason that we we flew through those and usually we spend a little bit of time on the qualifying matches and then we kind of breeze through the predictions for the next week is because um, we're probably going to talk about all of these teams at some point during the show uh, as we you know, preview this major because we're not going to really go like match by match on the major bracket, but we're more going to talk about how these teams are heading into the major um, and definitely look at the standings of like what needs to happen for them to ensure a spot at the eight team Call of Duty League Championship, uh, which is coming up next month uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, so let's bring up the standings real quick. Um, I have it here Uh, i'll bring it up on screen for anybody watching uh on twitch Uh, we're streaming live on twitch and we're also going to put this on youtube as usual Uh, so if you are interested in the video version you can check that out Um, but uh, the audio version will will fly through it anyway Um, let me bring that up real quick Uh, but atlanta phase uh no surprise they're the number one team right now um, it's on the screen now, uh, Atlanta phase, uh, they've been in the number one spot of the, the CDL standings for pretty much the entire season at this point. Um, other than like maybe uh, a little bit at, at the beginning of the season when optic won the first major, uh, but it phase has a four, uh, 55 point lead over optic Texas, who has, uh, who have really struggled lately, um, in the qualifying matches, uh, but they're still holding a pretty, um, good lead in, uh, over third place, which is London. Uh, London has a five point lead over Seattle. Uh, Seattle has a 15 point lead over Boston and then Toronto is in six LAT is in seven. And then, uh, the gorillas have, uh, managed to hang on to their eighth place spot. Uh, currently, I, I believe that they, um, briefly fell out of eighth at, at one point, And I think Minnesota was technically eighth, but, uh, with that, um, uh, they picked up a win and uh, it's helped them get a five point lead over the Minnesota rocker at, who are tied for ninth place with the Florida mutineers. Um, they're just five points back of LAG and then New York who has made this incredible run o- over these uh, last five qualifying matches. Uh, they're uh, 35 points back of LAG and then the Paris Legion are um, they're not going to champs. Uh, they're not winning champs because they're not going to champs. Uh, they won only two matches um they could win more but they only won two matches so far this season that's only 20 points um and they can't make up that ground uh, that 125 point gap uh, at the major alone so um they are officially eliminated from playoff contention um how do you want to do this do you want to talk about um a specific team first or do you want to look at the the major bracket and uh figure out from there I just real quick, just because it was the last match of the qualifiers and yep. we kind of, you know, we glossed over it, but um, just looking at the standings now, that last match of the qualifiers was LAT versus New York. Mm-hmm. And I'm 
pretty I don't have the standings for um just the major four qualifiers, but I believe New York was four and L because I'm pretty sure they only had seventy CDL points yeah. uh, heading into like these qualifiers. So the seventy plus four forty would be given the one ten. Um so that just that was such a huge win for LA Thieves because you know if you if you just change the standings up a little bit based on that, the gorillas would be in seventh at one forty five. Then it would be the Thieves, Minnesota, and Florida all at 140, and New York only 20 behind at 120. So mm-hmm. that's a pretty – that was a massive win for the Thieves. Pretty much a heartbreaking loss for New York. Uh, just makes their task a little bit tougher at their home major. But that that would have been super spicy heading into the major to have three teams at 140 um with 140 technically having the hold of eighth place at that time and new york only being 20 points back 20 points you know obviously the number being smaller means it's more attainable but um 20 definitely feels like it's uh, a much easier gap to close than 30 just based on the point uh distribution at these majors so um that that's the only thing most notably to me on these uh standings uh, we'll also point out that Atlanta and Optic are the two teams that have qualified for champs already, yep. which means that, you know, despite some of these other teams, like towards the top, like London jumping up there at 180 or 190, sorry, and Seattle at 185, that means that's not even, you know, locked them in yet. So um, we're set up for a good week here at the major and a lot of stuff could go down. Yeah, definitely. Um, I th- also think LAT with that win over New York um, that ensured that they were going to be in the winner's bracket of, uh, of this major, or at least, you know, if they were going to be in the winner's bracket, they're in a better spot now because they got that an additional win at the end of the season. Um, And that, that spot could help them just maybe just, make it one further round, maybe 10 more points, and that'll help them hold on to a spot. Uh, but definitely this major has, you know, everything that you would want in a, a high stakes double elimination tournament. Um, there are pretty much the entire league is still fighting for a spot at champs. Um, like you said, London, they're, uh, they have a decent lead over eighth place, so they're not in uh, too much danger. Um, but it's still a possibility that they could fall out of the top eight, which is kind of crazy that the third place team and the team that has basically been in third for almost this entire season, uh, save for maybe uh, like a few weeks where Seattle made a push, but London has um, been a really consistent team in the standings, but there's still a chance that they won't make it to champs uh, uh, come August. So um, a really interesting uh, development there. And that just shows how important these regular season, these online matches, unfortunately are for some of these teams. I'm sure the Gorillas are hating that um, their season has been really uh, put in jeopardy because they've had to go through so many of these online matches. But um, currently they are uh, still, they control their own destiny, but it's going to be tough considering they are uh, starting in the loser's bracket of, of the major. Um, but let's look at the major bracket. Uh, it's on the screen now. 
Um, you know, if you've been watching any of the, uh, been following the Call of Duty League, uh, you kind of know how it goes now. The top eight teams from the qualifying matches start in the winner's bracket and those bottom four teams. So in this case, it's the Los Angeles Gorillas, Paris Legion, Optic Texas, and Seattle Surge. Those four teams start in the loser's bracket, meaning, you know, one loss and they're out. Uh, they don't get that um, added advantage of, you know, you know, maybe slipping up in a winner's bracket round one or round two match, and then uh, they can fight their way through the loser's bracket. Uh, they're they're forced to do it um, all the way through. Um, how do you want to do this? Do you want to talk about uh, some of these teams uh, as we uh, progress through our major preview? Yeah, that's fine. Um, I think... One thing I'll I'll just kick things off with, and we can go from here. Um, interesting side note about this bracket in particular is that obviously this is the fourth major, and we've had three major winners before this, all different. Yeah. And all three of them are starting this major in the losers bracket. So, um, you know, you can chalk that up to, um. I'm not going to say the flukiness, but, you know, just the nature of uh, the beast that is Vanguard um, seems to be some finicky stuff um, that could, you know, at times uh, have more of an impact on results than other people might think, all that yada yada. But um, end of the day, the, the fact remains that we've had, you know, three majors so far this year already, three different winners at all three majors, and in the final one before champs, they're all starting in the loser's bracket. Um, yeah, I think I that's think an we, important part of it too. Like, just the, I know that Slasher has made the comment. Like, he he pointed out that all of the major champions are in the the losers bracket. Um, I think, I think maybe Seattle has the best, um, maybe the best excuse is like this is online. We've proven that we're a good a land team. I don't know if LAG really has that excuse because they've looked pretty bad. Like throughout the entire season like barring one event um so i would just say like lag of all of those teams well the legion deserved to be there and i think lag deserved to be there pretty much just as much as uh, as paris but uh, go ahead no i don't have anything i was just gonna kick things off with optic because we were starting yeah. down here in the losers bracket um i'm trying to just find the exact standings for the qualifiers because i don't have them so yeah i'm on cod gamepedia now and uh i i guess based on the final standings optic would have went one and four in yeah. the qualifiers um i believe that means they started oh and two the first week of the qualifiers then illy came back um they had a win their win would have been against paris right yeah so they beat paris 3-1 and Illy's return, but that still means they went one and two uh, with that win being against Paris. So take that uh, for what you will. But um, Optic currently aren't in the best form, obviously, as evidenced by their uh, starting in the loser's bracket here at the upcoming major. But we have talked a couple times now uh, on the podcast, just based on this whole situation with Illy and Prolute and all that. Um, in our, well, in my eyes at least, uh, the goal for them, just due to their position, having won that first major and having, you know, not at the time, but now they have qualified for champs, um, that their goal this whole point and at this major is just to prepare for champs and to try to get Illy in form uh, 
heading into champs. Not to say that Illy wasn't in form in the matches. I would have to go back and look at the stats and all that. But um, you know what I'm trying to say. Just get the squad yeah. back to the point they were at when they won major one because uh, the big one at the end of the year is all most people really care about. So um, and certainly optic fans are uh, super anxious to have another uh, world championship and under the green wall. So um, just, you know, nothing too much on my end to know about optics performance in particular. I think um, it's obviously not ideal for them to be in the loser's bracket for multiple reasons, including, you know, the, the stream's viewership of the tournament um, and just, you know, the lack of them being guaranteed certain number of matches. Um, but end of the day, that's the position they're in. They're going to have to try to get as much practice as they can on land at this tournament. So try to prolong their run as, as long as they can, get that practice in, and then try and uh, head into champs with a little bit of momentum if possible. Yeah, I think the... I you know in the first half of the season they were an excellent control team. Um, I just looked it up; they were sixteen and one in control uh, in the first half of the season. Uh, I mean that's ridiculous. That's a pretty much a guaranteed W uh, at least in one of the first three maps. And you know obviously if you're gonna win one map almost guaranteed, then that's uh, an increased percentage of you winning the series and they were good in a hard point and search and destroy um as far as i can tell from their uh, back half of the season which um you know has to be said that pro loot was a part of that roster for a good chunk of it and um they've been reintegrating uh, Illy back into the roster. So that's going to take a little bit of time, but um, it really hasn't affected their hard point and search and destroy wins as much as it has uh, affected their control wins. They're still above 500 in every one of their game modes, but control their eight and five, obviously that's a, a far cry from being 16 and one um, in the first half of the season. So um Take that as you will. I think they're still um, a very good pick to win the major um, if they're able to just find a little bit of momentum. Um, you know, maybe uh, it's going to be a tough matchup regardless uh, whether it's New York or Minnesota. But um, we've seen Optic make some impressive loser bracket runs before. We've seen some teams already this season, including the Gorillas, uh, make an incredible uh, run from loser's bracket round one. So um, I think if any team could do it, it's Optic. But it's going to be tough for them because, you know, it's a, it's a tough position to be put in. Uh, but like you said, this is not the ultimate goal. Winning Major 4 is not the, you know, the pinnacle for Optic. That's winning champs. And um, I'm sure FaZe feels the same way that even if they, you know, maybe they make it to a fourth uh, consecutive Major Grand Finals and lose, that would suck, obviously. But at the end of the day, it's really important for uh, these teams and, and all of the teams really to just perform as well as they can and put themselves in the best possible position for champs next month. Um, yep. And as, as far as Optic goes, uh, you know, like I said, they're going to have to play New York or Minnesota. I want to talk about New York real quick because um, they've been kind of the biggest storyline, in my opinion, uh, over these past, you know, two or three weeks because they were in 11th place. They still are in 11th place, but 
Uh, they've made an incredible run. They won four of their five uh, qualifying matches, and the, they're starting in the winner's bracket of the major. But these majors have been the bane of their existence so far. Um, they, I don't believe they picked up a single point at any of the first three majors, um, and that's really hurt them because they performed um, pretty well in the qualifying matches of each uh, of the three stages, and they they did so uh, again. But um, if they can't pick up, I, I believe it's like at least 35 points or, you know, yeah, I believe 35 points back of uh, eighth place that they have no shot at making it. Um, what do you think of New York um, over these last two weeks since we really haven't talked about them uh, since, you know, two, three weeks ago? I, I am all in on the subliners right now i i think you know i'm i'm all aboard that train for this storyline i think it's super cool mm -hmm. um the cinderella run would be so impressive if they're able to pull this off like you said they've struggled at the majors so far so um that could be an important note but they absolutely have the chance to control their own destiny just looking at this bracket so we talked about the standings right um with Minnesota and Florida being 30 points ahead of them. The LAG are 35 points ahead of them. Um, LAG is starting in the loser bracket, so they are, you know, in in danger of not getting any points. They just get go one and done here, right? Mm -hmm. New York is playing Minnesota, one of the teams directly ahead of them, so they have the chance to, you know, send them down to the loser's bracket, potentially having them uh, not get zero points as, or get zero points as well. And then to follow that up, they play the winner of Breach versus Florida. So even in a scenario where, like in the, you know, New York's rooting for Florida to lose that match for the overall point scenario, but even in a situation where Florida beats Breach and New York beats Minnesota, that sets up another opportunity for New York to again control its own destiny and potentially send Florida down to the loser's bracket, get them, you know, a little higher in the final placings to get them as many points as possible. So they are in a really good position here to, you know, as as much as they are kind of, you know, I, I don't, on the back foot isn't the right term, but, you know, they're, they're at a deficit due to their, their position in the standings. And it, it could be like, if they're on the other side of the bracket, they could be in a position where they don't play, uh, Minnesota or potentially Florida at all, right? But in, in this scenario, they have absolutely the best chance they could to potentially control their own destiny as much as possible uh, due to the situation they've created throughout the year with all the roster changes and all that stuff earlier. They can put that in the rearview mirror and just focus on this tournament. Um, and if they go out and go on a good run at their own major, um, it would be such a cool storyline. And um, obviously we, we've talked about um, potentially Krim six missing champs for the first time in his career. Um, it, it would be weird to not have him there. So I, I think uh, I, I'm all in on this storyline for New York and I'm, I'm really uh, pulling for them at this tournament. I, th I think it'd be a really cool storyline and something I'm certainly going to have my eyes on all weekend. Uh, because they're 35 points back, um, they're going to have to at least finish third at the event. Um, any any worse than that, they can't reach uh, LAG in eighth place. Obviously, if LAG wins a match, 
uh, things change. If Florida or Minnesota um, ahead of them, they win matches, uh, it could change as well. Um, but they, they need at least third place, uh, which would put them five points ahead of where LAG is currently. Um, you know, second place would put them uh, 15 points ahead. And then uh, a championship, which would be an incredible feat um, that would put them I believe 20 points ahead of where LAG currently stands obviously like I said things can change very quickly with LAG they make a run they almost certainly shut the door on uh, the subliners uh, unless the subliners make some incredible run as well and they're able to knock out LAG or something or LAG gets knocked out um, relatively early. It, it's it's a lot, but LAG, as, as I've said, um, I said in the last episode and I'll say it again, they're really not that good. Um, they haven't played very well at all this season. Um, and, you know, it, it's very possible that they make another run uh, at the championship like they did in major two, but I think the odds are that they won't. And, um, you know, it, it would really help them obviously if they did though, because, um, that five point lead that is, it's not safe. Like it's with how Florida plays, like Florida's erratic, Florida's unpredictable or whatever, but they usually win at least one match at the majors. Um, and Minnesota, who knows, you know, they had that incredible, um, you know, stretch of games in the qualifying matches, uh, before major three. And then they, they kind of laid an egg in major three, uh, in the tournament. So, um, I'm not really sure what to expect, especially when Minnesota's playing New York in the winner's bracket round one. Um, it's just kind of unpredictable. Um, is there another team that you want to talk about? Um, because, you know, we've talked about, uh, New York, we've talked about optic. Um, I don't know how much we really need to talk about the Paris Legion. Um, it's been a really disappointing run for them. Um, and their season officially came to, uh, or not their season, but, uh, their chances at extending their season that came to an end. End, um, you know, uh, pretty recently, but it was pretty much uh, determined relatively early on in the stage that they would have to play out of their minds in the qualifying matches and at the major to really even have a shot um, of like what New York is doing, where they still have to do really well at the major despite playing incredibly well in the qualifying matches. Yeah, I don't, I don't think we have to talk about Paris too much. I think uh, the one note we will bring up as we talked about uh, questioning the move to bring Johnny in at this point in the season, heading into these qualifiers. Um, he's certainly had some moments where, you know, he's played well in search and destroy in particular, I feel like, but he's also had some very rough respawn maps just off the top of my head, uh, thinking back on his KDs and some of the qualifiers. So um, it looks like at this point, you know, Paris going 0 and 5 at this uh, point, or at this set of qualifiers, excuse me, um, basically matched away from being eliminated. They, well, who who are they going to, so they would play the loser of LA Thieves or Atlanta. That's a tough matchup for them no matter what. Um, so fully expecting Paris' season to come to end in the first round here of this major. And then I think just after that, it's going to be time to hit the reset button, probably do a clean wipe and try and, uh, start fresh with their Las Vegas tenure. Yeah, uh, we don't have to talk about it now because we have an incredible offseason ahead, and I'm sure we'll talk about it then. But uh, Kismet, 
uh, who's currently with the subliners and he was on the Paris Legion's inaugural roster in 2020. He has some, uh, you know, words and some thoughts on Paris and their owner, um, you know, from his time playing with them. Uh, so we'll talk about it in the off season, but I think it's, it's going to be an eventful. I'm really excited to see what Paris uh, or what Las Vegas does um, in the in the off season. Whether they decide, you know, maybe we're going to spend a little bit of money. Maybe we're going to try to build a competitive roster. Um, I'm interested to see what happens. But uh, it's, you know, pretty much uh, the end of the road for the Paris Legion as we know it um, because they're going to have a, a tough matchup regardless of who ends up playing them. Um, Let's talk about the Seattle Surge because, you know, that was the uh, major three champion, kind of came out of nowhere, uh, just really hit their stride in the uh, the end of the qualifying matches in major three. And then uh, in the tournament uh, in Toronto, they ended up winning, beating Atlanta phase in the finals. Um, But they find themselves in the loser's bracket to start this event. Um, And, you know, despite being in fourth, like we've talked about, they're still not safe. Uh, They could uh, it's a possibility that they fall out of uh, the top eight and don't make champs. Uh, so what have you, you been making of um, Seattle's performances over the past few weeks? Yeah, I think that just overall, the one thing we've talked about with Seattle since this roster was formed is just the consistency. Um, they had, obviously, they looked really good at the Pro-Am to start the year. Then they had that little stretch, I think, towards the end of the qualifiers and heading into Major 1 where they lost a bunch of series in a row. Um, so they just, they've just they shown us, kind of like we've talked about with Florida at multiple points throughout the CDL in many seasons now, um, it's just a consistency thing. You don't know which Seattle you're going to get. Obviously, the team has the potential to win a Major, as they showed in the last one. And they very clearly also had the potential to go one and four and set a qualifier. So um, certainly not the position they wanted to be in, I would assume, heading or following a successful run at the major. You know, you would have liked them to see to see them to continue their momentum and build on a championship rather than kind of regress a little bit. But you did bring up the point, you know, of land versus online. So it will be interesting to see. Um, if we do end up seeing a different form of Seattle here in the uh, loser bracket of Major Four, they will be playing the loser of Boston versus Florida. Um, I think either of those teams drops down. It's a very winnable matchup if Seattle's playing at the top of their game and what we know is capable of them. At the same time, it's a very losable matchup for uh, Seattle, if they if they come out and and you know they're not firing off cylinders or something is off with a squad, so um, will be interesting to see what Seattle shows up to this event. But obviously, you know they haven't secured their spotted champs, but they are in a position where they're in the top four of the standings right now. So uh, barring everyone below them, you know, just going on crazy runs, they should be able to. Uh, lock in a spot even in a worst case scenario where they get uh, eliminated in the uh, first round of the losers bracket here but end of the day you know you they don't want to do that they they want to try and get as many points that's you know it, it sucks to be starting in the losers bracket that's the position they earn so nothing they can do about that but they can try to uh, remedy the situation as best they can by coming out and trying to get a couple points here to just try to 
uh, get into that champ spot for sure. Yeah, uh, the Surge, um, they won nine consecutive matches uh, between the first week of the Major 3 qualifiers and then through um, the first week of the Major 4 qualifiers. So that was, um, you know, like over a month stretch where they didn't lose a match. Uh, but the last four matches of the Major 4 qualifiers were all losses. Uh, they lost to Boston, New York, Minnesota, and then they uh, finished out... Um, the, the regular season with a 3-0 loss to Atlanta, who, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, uh, Seattle's kind of had Atlanta's number. Uh, FaZe has struggled, uh, particularly with two teams this season. That's been Seattle and Optic. And fortunately for Atlanta, both of those teams have been trending downward recently. Um, I don't know if that uh, could really help Atlanta. I don't know if they'll struggle with uh, some of the other teams that have been uh, playing pretty well lately. Um, but I think it's interesting that Seattle, you know, they they had uh, this little hiccup in the beginning of the season um, and they're having it at the end of the season. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Maybe it's just Vanguard being Vanguard and things just, you know, you it's, it's impossible to really predict on what kind of game you're going to be playing on a daily basis. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I hate making those excuses. I, I, yeah. I know that they're valid, um, but I just hate it because then what's the point of even like criticizing teams, analyzing what they're doing, if it's just going to be like, oh, you know, like it's just a game, you know, we can't control it or whatever. Um, so I think you know, some blame actually has to fall on Seattle and the team and um, the coaching staff and whatnot, just because, you know, it's, it's four straight losses, um, you know, probably five straight losses that they don't play Paris in the first match because, you know, Paris is pretty much an automatic win for any team in the league. Um, so, you know, any other team in the CDL, probably it might've been a loss. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, Seattle definitely having a really tough stretch heading into the, the fourth major. And this is the, the worst possible time to, uh, you know, not have like any sort of momentum or maybe even uh, a lack of confidence in how far this team could go because, you know, the, there's a, a multi-million dollar tournament, a life-changing event around the corner that you definitely want to be performing your best at. Um, and it just looks like Seattle, uh, they're, like optic they're just kind of you know not doing really well and they're uh possibly kind of costing themselves at uh, a really really big tournament um in a month um i don't think i think we covered all the do we talk about we did talk about the gorillas um we talked about optic we talked about paris we talked about seattle so we got through all the losers bracket teams let's uh, talk about a little bit more about the winners bracket teams i want to start at the top of the standings uh, atlanta phase they have been in each of the first three major grand finals which is an incredible feat uh, but they've lost all three major grand finals um, despite being at the top of the standings. Uh, what have you been making of uh, FaZe's uh, play of late? Um, obviously, they swept Seattle uh, to, to finish off the season for Seattle's part. Um, but what do you make of uh, the Atlanta FaZe? Yeah, they, they had some, you know, a little bit of blips here and there. Um, what was it? It was the three they lost to where is it and the results i think yeah they lost 3-1 to the gorillas um obviously any loss 
of Atlanta against the Gorillas is kind of surprising to see a 3-1. That was uh, super surprising to me. And then they also lost to London. London's just been playing really well in this set of qualifiers. So, I mean, that's still surprising, but not particularly extremely surprising just based on their performance recently. Um, Aside from that, though, I still think Atlanta has got to be looked at as one of the contenders for uh, winning this whole thing, especially just based on um, their most recent match, which would have been this past Saturday against Seattle. Like you said, a 3-0 for them against Seattle. Um, you know, Seattle is possibly struggling, but even when Seattle was, you know, come being up and down early in the season, Seattle still was performing well and taking down Atlanta. Um, so I, I think that's a big turnaround win for Atlanta, despite, you know, recent circumstances. Um, they've been playing well in search, I feel like, throughout this recent qualifiers and um, Selium in particular, I, I just think he's the best player in the game right now. So, um, having Atlanta reach their fourth consecutive final of the Vanguard season would not be very surprising to me, despite, you know, some recent losses and all that. I just, I, I think it might be a little tough based on, uh, their bracket because in a scenario where they have to, uh, play against London, in that second round of the winner's bracket, that's a match we just most recently saw with London beating Atlanta. So um, could be tough for them there, but uh, I still, you know, as we've said multiple times on this podcast, they're the most talented roster. And uh, I, I firmly believe in Atlanta still. And we were talking, I was talking to uh, Jim earlier in the week, getting a little ahead of myself here, but um, I feel like my try hard prediction for who will win uh, major four is still Atlanta um, going for maximum content or the best storyline angle. Um, I think New York taking the major would be super cool. Um, but, you know, that stuff aside, I, I still think Atlanta's in a good position um, to take this one home and it would be fitting for them to reach the major or reach the finals of all four majors and finally get it done in the last one, but I guess in the same sense, it would be even more fitting if they do reach the finals of major four, end up losing again in the finals to get their fourth straight second place and then um, rebound from that to reach the finals of champs and take home the world championship again. Um, The Atlanta guys would probably, you know, those two scenarios, they would probably go with the winning champs one, I would have to assume, but all that aside, yeah, I, I still just think um, Atlanta obviously unquestionably has the potential to be the best team in the game. It's just going to come down to uh, whether they share that potential here at the major. Yeah, and I, I, I think the schedule part of it or, you know, the, the way the bracket is set up for Atlanta really works out. Um, they play LAT in the first round. They're 4-0 against LAT this season. Um, if they play Toronto in the second round, they're 6-0 against Toronto this season. Um, they have lost once to London so far this season, but they're 2-1. And, um, and, you know, the, but this is the thing. Like, phase, I, I don't want to say is, like, lucky, but I, I would say that Optic and Seattle have been their two biggest challenges this season. Um, sure. And... Both of those teams are in the loser's bracket. Uh, if Atlanta keeps winning, 
then the the only spot that they could actually play those teams is the grand finals. And uh, I'm sure FaZe wants to beat them. I, I'm sure they want to win the grand finals. But at the same time, it's all right if they lost that because then it just seems like, all right, like we have another thing we have to learn to beat these two teams. Um, and it's obviously not very likely that either of those teams would make it to the grand finals from loser's bracket round one. Uh, so I do think FaZe, they have a, uh, a pretty good setup, uh, at least in the first two rounds, but Things always change. Um, you know, teams get upset at majors. It's it's not unheard of. Uh, phase typically doesn't, but it, it can still happen. Um, I believe they did like a major four last season. They had a a hiccup and they went out like in top six or something like that. Uh, so you know, it's it's happened before. Um, and it's happened to a lot of good teams, uh, but I, I I still stand by that phase. It's a good pick to for them to win the championship or it, win the, the major four championship, excuse me, because they're an incredible team that has a lot of chemistry and they've proven time and time again that, uh, you know, you really can't pick against them like more times than not. Um, even if you pick Seattle uh, against them, you know, like I did, um, you know, this past week in the qualifiers. I probably shouldn't have done that. I probably should have picked FaZe. Uh, so I, they're an incredible team. And I think uh, any person uh, trying to figure out a winner for a major four, you know, you have to you know, at least consider Atlanta FaZe. Um, their opponent, LAT, uh, been a weird season for them. I expected a lot better out of them uh, pretty much this entire year. Um, and they really haven't been able to find any firm footing uh, at all this season uh, currently in seventh place but in pretty big danger of falling out of the top eight uh, with how close Minnesota and Florida are in ninth and tenth and uh, they're you know like five points ahead of LAG in eighth place so um, they're in danger um, uh, have you thought about LAT at all about how they've been progressing this season um, how they're looking heading into uh, definitely the most important stretch of this entire year. I think all things considered, they, you know, are looking better than they have at other points in this season. Certainly uh, went three and two in the qualifiers, as we already talked about that big win over New York most recently and had a 13 and eight map count in these qualifiers. That That's a respectable record, certainly. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, we there's been a ton of talk about the thieves all season with um, everything from you know the roster underperforming in the eyes of some people to you know Kenny making the role swap back to a sub, um, just a ton of things, and I it just hasn't really ever clicked all together. I feel like did they did they come top four in the last major? I think Toronto came in third. They might have came in fourth. Uh, I'm going to look real quick because I can't remember. But um, outside of that, it, yeah, it's been another just, I would say, a disappointing year for uh, the Thieves organization. Yeah, they came in fourth, major three, top eight, major two, and top six, major one. So, yeah, it, it's just been, you know, that's, you know, the Thieves coming from a spot where, well, you know, there's an argument in itself of when the thieves entered Call of Duty because obviously there's the the King Pappy Black Ops Three Aegs roster that 
a lot of uh cannot be spoken know, of Steve's fans and Nate I probably want to forget, but um that aside, they just the thieves' re-entrance into Call of Duty and Black Ops Four um, was also a little rocky at the start with when they had uh, Pharaoh and um, I think that was was it was just it was Pharaoh, Slasher, Octane, Kenny, and Enable, and um, they were struggling because that's a lot of ARs on the team, and then they had to um, they they somehow pulled it off at the. Uh, last chance or the the pro league qualifier whatever it was called um but they ended up having to make the move because phase didn't qualify so that's how they they got uh crowder and priest on loan so um after that they, they won a couple championships in black ops 4 and and that's what you know thieves fans expect it obviously it comes from um the expectation set up by nade shop being former optic and, you know, Greenwall fans having high expectations for optics, similar to LA Thieves fans having high expectations for their favorite team as well. So um, disappointing in that regard, I would say. But it's just been one thing where it feels like no matter what they try to do, something's going wrong and they just can't put it all together. But who knows? Maybe this major um, is their chance to do that. They they certainly have a tough task for the first round matchup against FaZe, but Stranger things have happened in Vanguard, so uh, who knows what will what'll happen here. Yeah, they've just been off and on, uh, really hot and cold. I was just looking at their schedule um, or their results uh, in their schedule, and it's just ridiculous. They, they basically are uh, win-loss, 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 and that's you know, not conducive to a consistent, um, you know, consistent performance or consistent results. Uh, but they have, you know, for their part, they have seemed to, um, outperform their qualifying. So, you know, uh, I look at their major two qualifying where they, um, I believe they qualified, uh, in 12th place. I don't think they won a single match and then they finished top eight at the, at the major. So maybe there's something to that. They also outperformed, uh, their major three qualifying because they qualified in eighth place and it ended up um, finishing fourth at the major. So maybe they are better on land. Uh, I think there is some credence to that. Uh, I believe they're in Los Angeles, right? Yeah. So, I mean, those Cali teams typically do struggle online. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see. They're going to have to perform pretty well or hope that Minnesota and uh, and Florida and all of those teams below them just get double first rounded like i don't think it's a very likely scenario that that happens uh so they're gonna have to win probably one or two matches at least to just make sure that they can get to to champs um and maybe they could figure it out there uh but yeah i think there it, it seems like a roster construction issue at this point that you know they haven't made a roster change they've just made this these role swaps and stuff and things aren't really that much different than they were earlier in the season um, and I believe Jcap had a tweet that said, you know, they played horrifically in like two maps this um, this past week, and uh, and I, I I just think that there's just something wrong with the team that can probably only be solved by a roster change, and um, it's unfortunate that it's going to happen that way, um, likely going to happen that way, but that's just what happens with teams. There are very few teams in in Call of Duty history that. 
um, really have been able to work out all of their kinks and somehow become even better than they were before. We've seen even the best teams in the world have to make roster changes because you know they just can't figure out some of their weaknesses and they can't find the consistent form that they had before. So um, it's it's very likely that uh, LAT won't be sticking with this roster um, in the offseason, but they have to figure it out now. They they have two events, uh, maybe one event, depending on how well they do, um, but they have um, a, a big task in front of them, and they have to they have to figure it out really soon. Um, let's talk about uh, so we we talked about LAT, we talked about Phase. Um, let's talk about London because they've been a really interesting team to watch this season. I remember earlier in the year I said they are definitively like the third best team in the league because they are pretty much beating all of the other teams except Phase and Optic. Things aren't nearly as clear as they were back then, but they do seem to be a lot better. Uh, they have Gizmo back in the roster, and he seems to be playing. I, th- I think he's just a perfect fit for this roster, quite honestly. Um, nothing against Harry. I think he's a very good player as well. But Gizmo's just seemed to slot into this this team a lot better, and they performed consistently better with him uh, than they did with Harry. Um, what do you make of London? Because this is a pretty good time to kind of figure things out uh, heading into the end of the season. It's a really good time to figure things out. And, you know, this is obviously entirely speculation, but I, I feel like the major one run and the stage four or the, the major four qualifiers so far that we've had, that that's where we've seen the true London. After that, there were reports in the middle after Major 1 for during uh, Major 2 qualifiers and Major 2 itself that Gizmo was running into personal issues, had, had you know, whatever it was. I, I don't even remember if it was e- even more specific than that. There was stuff going on behind the scenes for Gizmo personally. He was underperforming earlier in the season. It was There was talks early on of him being like a favorite for Rookie of the Year mm-hmm. when initially heading into the season, many people had their eyes on Pred and, and Sib, uh, rightfully so, I believe. Uh, Gizmo kind of snuck up at the beginning of the year and, and rose up those rookie rankings. But after that major one in major two qualifiers, major two itself, major three qualifiers, major three, uh, Gizmo obviously had the personal issues and then he wasn't playing. Harry was playing for London and now he's back for the major four qualifiers and the rest of the season seemingly. So I think that just goes to speak for whatever was going on behind the scenes in undoubtedly had a major impact on this team mm-hmm. because it's it's night and day in comparison to how they were playing when Gizmo first started the season and now and then that space in the middle they were just not a good team and they were really struggling. So I think at least I, I hope for Gizmo's sake personally that you know everything's going well for him behind the scenes and assuming or I, I don't you know speculating that that's the case that that just seems to be the most likely scenario and explanation for London figuring things out. You know, um, we saw what they were capable of early in the season and now it's kind of, you know, their performance recently is reflective of that. I think before this most recent loss, I'm pretty sure the stat was that they were like undefeated in hard point, undefeated in search and destroy and winless in control. 
in the in the major four qualifiers. It was something nutty like that. Mm-hmm. So they've just been playing really well. Um, I believe due to the tiebreakers that they are technically the number one seed. Yeah. So um, they went four and one. London or sorry, New York and Boston also went four and one. And London and New York also went 14 and 7 in map count. So there was just some tiebreaker there. But, you know, London's the number one seed heading into this major. And based on their recent performance, um, it certainly seems like they've earned it. And, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they're able to translate it here on land, even though they did have that, like, top three performance early in the year. Um, So they're in a position now. Uh, where they certainly could go on a little bit of a run here. And based on recent performance, it wouldn't be too surprising. But uh, I am someone who has been betting against London all year, and I don't think I'm going to be changing that. But, you know, I'd I'd be happy if uh, the London guys are able to make something happy. Yeah, so they were undefeated in hardpoint search heading into the final qualifying match against LAG. Even with that 3-2 loss against the Gorillas, they were 9-1 and in hardpoint, 5-1 and in search and destroy, and 0-5 and in control in the qualifiers, which is a pretty ludicrous thing to happen because we're, like, usually if you're, if you're decent in like hard point you probably are decent in control like there is some crossover between the respawn game modes usually um and some teams usually if they're bad at control they're probably bad at other things too um like paris is i i don't need to really look up the stats i'm sure that they're a pretty bad control team because they're a pretty bad team that's usually how it works but this team for whatever reason um, they were excellent in hardpoint and excellent in search and destroy uh, in o- over those five matches. So technically, it is a small sample size, but that's pretty amazing that they were, regardless of how bad they did in control, they were still able to win four uh, of those five series, and they lost in a game five search, um, you know, against LAG, uh, which would have made them five and zero. Oh. So I, I think that there's a lot of promise with London. Will it translate over to the major? Um, that's hard to say because teams seem to struggle with the transition sometimes, even if they've had, uh, you know, decent performances uh, on land before. But we'll see uh, how it goes. Um, they have uh, the ultra in the first round and Toronto, um, you know, they struggle with hard point earlier in the season, but, um, you know, if, if they're able to pull it off, I don't know. I don't know what to think of Toronto. Let's talk about them real quick because they were, you know, we were really down on them earlier in the year when they were pretty much incapable of winning a single hard point. Um, and then they improved greatly. Uh, they look like one of the better teams, like the, the Toronto that we knew from last season that seemed to show up. But, um, what do you think of, uh, the ultra now that they're coming in as the eight seed and, um, you know, they're relatively safe from the standings right now, but they're not technically safe. Yeah. I, I just think they are one of the teams, you know, obviously you talked about, uh, the thieves not you know wanting to play anymore those west coast to east coast online battles um i feel like i would have to look up at the look up the numbers to be sure but i feel like toronto is one of the teams that's probably happy about online vanguard being over well i mean i'm sure 
all the teams are happy, but yeah. I feel like Toronto in particular is one team that just performs better on land no matter what. So um, I think obviously they, like you said, it's been well documented. Their struggles in hard point. They've had moments where they've looked really good in search. Um, and I still think Kleenex is just an absolute stud and one of the best players in the game. So um, Toronto certainly has a has the potential to uh, go on a bit of a run and perform well on LAN in particular, but this is definitely a tough opening matchup for them. Uh, like you said, 9-1 and one in hardpoint out of London recently. If, if they're able to um, just take, you know, well, based on those records you were saying, 9-1 and one in hardpoint versus whatever Toronto is now, uh, they still had a very tough stretch of hard points so you expect London to take the hard points um on paper you probably think Toronto is the better search and destroy team but at the other hand it was what five and one you said for London and search and destroy recently yeah so you can't even just automatically give Toronto the searches but at the same time with London oh and five in control you can't give London just that that control so um I think it will come down to the searches just based on math there with even if you give London both hard points, um, Toronto has a good chance to win the control and a just based on their individual performance, they should be able to uh, take a, a hard fought search and then it would come down to a final search. Um, in my eyes, at least that's how I could envision the series going and uh, I don't know who takes it just based on, you know, again, it, it's going recent performance versus historical performance of uh, London and Toronto, respectively. So um, it's definitely a tough opening matchup for Toronto, but I think, you know, this roster has been through a lot together. They have good chemistry and they've certainly shown on land what they're capable of. So um, I don't know. We're, we'll have to see what which version of Toronto we get. I feel like I'm saying that for a lot of teams, but it's really just true. It's going to come down to whether they show up and uh, put up here and one of the seasons on the line. Yeah, so I, I'm looking at their um, both of these teams, so Toronto and London, their hard point and search and their control win-loss. Um, like I said, 9-1 and one in uh, hard point, 5-1 in search, and 0-5 and in control. That was London in uh, the most recent qualifiers. Um, if you are just looking at the last uh, set of qualifiers for Toronto, um, they were three and six in hard point, three and five in search, and three and two in control. Um, but if you expand it a little bit more uh, to like just the back half of the season, which you know I I tend to disregard the first half of the season, like that's you know three months ago now, like those results kind of mean very little to me in terms of like how these teams will end up playing um, now, like in the current meta and with however the teams have progressed as uh, complete rosters. But I look at it and Toronto has a very good win loss uh, on hard point, I believe um, a pretty good win loss on search and destroy and or excuse me flip those so they're a, a little bit above average in hard point they're very good in search and then they're like kind of below average in control they're seven and nine in control so you know it, they kind of match up pretty well if london 
is able to keep up this kind of play on land where they're very good in hard point and search, but really bad in control. Um, it's it's kind of like the Toronto-New York thing we uh, saw earlier in the year where both of those teams were absolutely horrendous in hard point. And it's kind of like, all right, which one of you is going to suck less in this map to pull out um, a, a very crucial game one victory? So it could be a similar thing where these two teams are not great control teams, and that game three could be a, a major factor in the series um, in uh, winner's bracket round one between Toronto and London. Um, let's talk about, we have a few more teams to talk about. Let's talk about uh, Boston, because this is a team that really surprised me uh, this stage. Obviously, they bring in Vivid, uh, they bench Capsidal, which is uh, kind of a controversial move just because Cap has been a very good rookie uh, for Boston this year, and they did have some success with him in the first half of the season. Um, but I feel great that I was standing by Vivid so strong. Uh, I, you know, I thought uh, Vivid... Uh, you know, kind of being excluded from this uh, last iteration of the Florida roster was really bad because I believe that Vivid is a good fit alongside some slower players. Um, and I, I thought he should stick around. They decided to uh, move him to Boston and, uh, you know, kind of rearrange their own team. And Boston has really benefited from it. Um, like you said, they're 4-1, so they tied for first place. They end up uh, getting the second seed, which is incredible with how poorly they played in the Major 3 qualifiers. And, you know, they didn't look very good in Major 3 as well. Um, what have you been making of uh, Boston's kind of this recent turnaround they've been experiencing? Yeah, I, th I think that's the the biggest factor the the vivid factor kind of like you said um not to say the capsule was the issue by any stretch of the imagination but um it kind of feels like vivid is is finally unlocked on this team for whatever reason um i would have to look up his number specifically to back that up but you know i just feel like in the matches i watched of boston playing he was performing pretty well yeah. and there there's obviously outliers i know nero had um one hard point that I'm thinking of I'm pretty sure where he dropped like 45 plus um and there was another match where like TJ was going off or something like that so I, I can't remember the exact numbers but you know that that's just you know what London or sorry what Boston is capable of with this team it feels like um they just they have a group of guys who at any given moment they can all um go off and kind of carry the load but um, the only issue with that is if they run into a situation where not one person is popping off and the rest of the team is falling behind and everybody's just struggling, obviously, um, that's not a good recipe for success. So uh, it will be interesting to see how Boston carries on from these online qualifiers. But I do think it was, you know, we kind of talked in the most recent roster mania um, being unsure about some of the changes being made, but it seems like Vivid to Boston is certainly a change that has kind of unquestionably helped Boston improve no matter what, just in the short term so far. And on top of that, I will say too, kind of grouping uh, them with Florida, who we'll inevitably talk about since we're going through all the teams, uh, Florida made a big move to you know move on from Vivid and go for Major Maniac and Two Real. And they've, they've had kind of an up and down experience so far in the uh, qualifiers, despite their 
uh, three and two overall record. Um, one element of that though was that major, major wow, major maniac revenge match against Minnesota. Um, we got a revenge match here in the first round of the major for Vivid going up against his former team. So uh, that could be something to keep an eye on in the first round. I know I'll be excited to see if there's any trash talk or anything like that. Yeah, I, I think that we can kind of lump these two teams together because they're connected by Vivid and just how, you know, these teams really were literally connected in an acquisition uh, late in the season. Uh, but I look at it and Vivid, uh, I'm looking at the stats right now, you know, comparing Vivid stats from when he was on Florida uh, to, you know, whatever the five matches that we have with him on uh, on Boston. Um I mean, I think it should be noted that these two teams are very, very different. Um, I mean, Florida is, like, very, very slow. Uh, and, and, like, slow but engagement heavy, which is, is odd. You usually think, you know, they're really quick teams. They tend to have more engagements. But, um, you know, Boston uh, right now. So, Vivid, I'm looking at his stats. He has a slightly higher KD uh, with Boston compared to Florida, um, a 0.98 versus a 0.91, but fewer engagements. Um, you know, he has uh, per 10 minutes 51.4 engagements uh, versus 53.1, uh, which was uh, the highest on the team on Florida. Nero is the highest on the team uh, for engagements because he's kind of like a speed demon as well. He, he's He's a really good player, so he's able to get a lot of kills. Um, you know, there's not much difference in the search and the control, but it's also just like a different role uh, for Vivid. Uh, I think not being the only like fast SMG player, just like the fast player in general, I think that's helped Vivid a lot um, in Boston. Whether that continues, obviously, um, and whether they're able to have the same success that they did in the qualifying matches, that remains to be seen. Um, but I think that the move is probably a positive one for Boston, like no matter the outcome, because I think Vivid is a is a very good player, and maybe he could uh, slot into uh, that roster next year. You know. You bring back capital, put them in the roster, and maybe figure out something else. Um, but I think that Vivid is a, a great player, and uh, I'm really happy to see him having success with a team uh, like the Breach. Um, but you know, Florida, they're, I mean, they're, it's the same story that we've been talking about the entire year. They struggle at times, and then they do well at times. It's um, there's really no predicting how they do. Uh, I know that uh, I've seen like. Um, Ogre 2 say something about it like how people call us unpredictable blah 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 but like it's kind of true like it's not it's very difficult to predict how they do um and maybe it's because they don't tend to beat those higher tier teams like the phases of the world but that also I, I feel like they do underperform at times I don't think that they perform up to the level that people expect them to maybe that's on us maybe we're putting too many expectations on the team but um, what do you think of Florida now they're heading into this match with Boston I still I'm not sold on them man I, I really don't know what to believe about this team because because you know we saw I'm scrolling through real quick of their most recent matches they they lose to London makes sense based on London's performance, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
we know they beat Minnesota previously, so they, I think they played two matches before this. Um, so Florida beats Paris again. That's kind of expected. Um, and they beat LA Thieves, which might not have been expected, but um, yeah, I mean, even just looking at that, I still, I, I don't really know. I, I feel like it's the as cliche as it might be at this point for us to keep saying it. It's just really, I, I, I don't know what to expect from Florida. It's going to come down to what version of the team we get. I still think personally, you know, I, I don't know much about too real, but beyond what he's done so far uh, in his young career this year. But I, I like the other guys on the team. I, I think very highly of Major Maniac um, outside of a statistic perspective. Just I, I think he's a really good search player and a good leader. I, I think highly of uh, awakening just his slaying ability. And same with Skies. I, I think I, I've liked uh, Skies as a player for a while now too, going back all the way back to those luminosity days for him getting his start really on uh, Black Ops 4. Um, I just, they have potential. They, they certainly have a lot of slaying potential. It's just, you know, all three of those guys I just named are really their most impactful when they have an AR in their hands. And on some of these maps, that's just not possible. So it's, it's weird. And I, I don't know what to expect. And I, I really... I, it seems like I'm babbling at this point, but, you know, I'm just, I'm at a loss for words and not necessarily for a bad reason. I just, I really don't uh, have a solid answer or grasp on uh, what to expect from Florida at this point. I feel like um, just, just based on where they're at in the standings and everything, I would not be surprised if they missed out on champs. But again, kind of like you said, they, they were that team major two went on a bit of a run, uh, Right, I think they got fourth place or top six. I don't even remember. Uh, no, I feel like it had to have been fourth place. Um, regardless of that, though, like that they've just they're similar to teams like uh, Seattle that we've talked about earlier in the show. Uh, you never know what you're going to get from the squad, and uh, this is really just based on where they are in the CDL standings. This is an event they can't. Um, afford to not show up and perform well at if they if they have aspirations of being a champ so um it's really you know tough matchup in the opening round like we already brought up with them going up against vivid uh who's obviously going to be gunning for them as if he's baker mayfield playing the browns in week one but it's yeah i i think tough one and at the end of this major i'm not going to be surprised if florida's on the outside looking in what a shot to be taken. I, I don't know. All right, let's end the show now. Um, as far as Florida goes, I think it's just, it's so fitting that they're three and, so they went three and two in the qualifying matches. I mean, you, you can't, uh, you can't technically go half in a five game or in five matches. Like you can't go two and a half and two and a half, but I'm sure if they could, they would have. And Florida also in map count in the qualifying matches went 11 and 10. They are literally like hovering around this 50% win percentage in both map count and matches. Um, and one of those three, two wins was over Paris. Like that's not, uh, not an incredible feat to be honest with you. Um, I'm just, I, I think that Florida definitely has the capability to fin like, you know, get another top four finish. Like that's, a realistic option for the mutineers, but 
that it's also a realistic option that they lose to Boston and they lose to Seattle. And like I, I don't know which one um, is more likely at this point, to be honest, because you know they they're a good team on their good days, and then they're not a real good team on their not so good days. Um, you know, I, I really don't know what to expect out of them, uh, and it it really is going to be an interesting matchup with them in Boston. Maybe vivid. He drops like a 1.5 or something, and he really makes uh, the Mutineers regret it. But um, we'll see. Um, but yeah, that does it for all of those teams. Um, I want to. I think you already kind of alluded to it earlier in the show, uh, but I want to get your pick for the major four winner. So uh, just a reminder: uh, July 14th to the 17th, they're going to be in Brooklyn. Um, the New York Subliners are hosting it, so um, it it would be an incredible story for Crim6 to lead the Subliners to a major championship and uh, very likely a um, CDL champ's berth. But uh, who are you picking to win Major 4? Yep, that's, you know, try-hard pick is phase. Um, maximum content slash storylines pick is the Subliners. Yeah, I would say um, I want to pick London because they've been very good, but... They've also let me down pretty much like they, they, if I pick them to lose, they win. If I pick them to win, they lose. It's kind of been a thing this entire year with you and me, with how London has been playing. Um, I don't believe in uh, really many of these teams, like, because we don't have our usual, we don't have three, the three major champions in the winner's bracket. And I'm not going to go out on a limb and pick a loser's bracket team to win the championship a la LAG. Um, so I'm going to end up, I'm going to go with New York. They've been playing very well um, recently. I'm going to say that they break their curse of absolutely, uh, you know, ruining their chances of uh, getting to the postseason with another bad major performance. Um, so I'm going to say that they're going to win. You know, my brain is saying Atlanta, but, um, you know, I don't listen to my brain half the time anyway. So uh, I'm going to go with the subliners winning it in from their home crowd, which would be an incredible, uh, incredible thing for the CDL yep. and for um, all of the subliners fans. Um, uh, yeah, anything else? Through, you want to just run through the uh, bracket real quick and give our predictions for those four, and then obviously we'll update it uh, throughout the weekend. I'm going to go. Toronto, Phase, New York, and Boston. Yeah, I'm going to go London, Phase, New York, and Boston as well. And then uh, Losers Bracket. Uh, so well, we don't have to do that yet. We oh, can yeah. Until... All right, yeah. That's solid. So I'm doing Toronto. Well, I'll go out on a limb Atlanta, and say that the loser of LAT Atlanta beats uh, Paris. So Wow, that's really bold. I don't know if you want to do that. Yeah. So the only one you had different, you, you said London, Atlanta, New York, and Boston? Yeah. Okay, cool. So the only one we had different to start is the top one. But you know me, I can't pick London. Yeah. Um, I think that about does it. Uh, we went through all of the qualifying matches. We talked about all of these teams. Um, you know, we went through the major. Uh, just a reminder on uh, the standings as we head into major four before we get out of here. Um, 
Number one is FaZe and number two is Optic. Both of those teams have qualified uh, for champs. And then uh, the Paris Legion are down in 12th. They are officially eliminated from contention. So teams three through 11 are still in contention for champs um, and also still in contention to not be in contention uh, come next week. Uh, so uh, the third team is London, fourth Seattle, fifth Boston, sixth Toronto, seventh LAT, eight LAG, um, and LAG have a five-point lead over Minnesota and Florida, and then a thirty-five or a, uh, yeah, thirty-five-point lead over the New York Subliners, who are definitely going to win Major Four and make me look very, very smart come next week's episode. Um, but yeah, that about does it for the show. Uh, we went a little longer than we'd usually do, uh, about 15, 20 minutes longer than um, usual. But uh, we hope you enjoy the episode. Um, we hope you enjoy Major 4, uh, the final major of the 2022 CDL season. And uh, the last tournament or last matches before CDL Champs, which is coming up very soon, uh, within a month. Uh, so yeah, enjoy it. Um, hopefully there aren't like 11 hour delays, uh, during this tournament, but, um, no promises there. Uh, make sure to subscribe or like, uh, or follow the feed on whatever platform you're listening or watching on. Uh, we're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, etc. Um, make sure to give us a five-star rating, um, whenever you can. So if you're on Apple or Spotify, make sure to do that. Follow us on Twitter. He is at jbink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers, and the podcast Twitter is at EgoChowPodcast. The next show is on uh, July 18th, um, which uh, that's probably going to be the the exact day. So that's what a Monday. Um, so next Monday, and then uh, we'll have to fill a little bit of time before Champs starts, um, which is in August. But, um, yeah, we should have a lot to talk about uh, next week. We'll know exactly which eight teams qualify for champs, which four teams will be starting their offseason early. Um, but, yeah, we will talk about that then. Um, Bink, take it away. Yep. Thank you, guys, as always, for tuning in. We appreciate the support. Uh, Vanguard season is quickly coming to an end here, but... Uh, we still have this major this weekend and champs to look forward to. So not all hope is lost just yet. Uh, looking forward to some good Call of Duty this weekend and to round out the season. So uh, if for whatever reason you're unable to watch the matches or if you do watch the matches and want some more uh, analysis or whatnot, just two guys talking about the matches that happen. Uh, hopefully you guys tune back in following the major next week. And then um, I will be going on vacation for a little bit, but... We will obviously have a show at some point before Champs to preview that uh, in addition to whatever we talk about next week following the Major and once we know all eight teams there. So, uh, yeah, looking forward to wrapping up the season with you guys. Hope you enjoy. And as always, remember to send the chow.